wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress here. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, it's going to go a little bit everywhere and I do need to give you a bit of a content warning about this because I am going to talk about I'm going to talk about fluidity in terms of identity and it's going to bring up some stuff that means I'm going to be talking about my past mental health issues which includes you know talking about things like suicide and depression and anxiety um, things like that Uh, we'll also be talking about gender and sexuality Um, so if you're kind of not in the mood for that kind of podcast which is totally fair there's loads of other podcasts on here, loads of other episodes. Today might not be the day to listen to this episode, which is totally cool. Like I know that feeling. I've done that with lots of podcasts myself. Um, but it, I mean, look, when I do podcast shows like this, it's super cathartic for me and they're the, my podcast shows that end up doing the best. <laughs> so I feel like it must be cathartic for others as well. Um, so, yeah, just want to say that up front Uh, And I'd also, of course, like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today. So at the moment, the working title for this podcast is embracing fluidity uh it might change i don't know we're going to talk a bit about growth mindset which is very relevant to what this show is about but it's going to take us in lots of different directions and one thing that i'm really becoming more and more aware of as i've switched this podcast into focusing more on career and entrepreneurship as well and sort of like the the mindset piece around that is that these things all intertwine. So a while back I did an episode about bisexuality and entrepreneurship and I was talking about, for me, how those things relate to one another. Um, And as I've kind of been delving into more of my journey around this kind of stuff, I'm like it's all actually this kind of stuff. That's that's the term for it, this stuff, you know. Um, It's all intertwined. It's all interrelated. Uh, for me and I think well that's kind of what part of what we'll be talking about today is like sort of adopting this stance of like understanding that things can change that things aren't fixed in a sort of set and forget way when it comes to who we are what we're good at and all these other kinds of things and so even though in some ways a growth mindset might be to do with being able to take on new challenges right being able to take on new types of work, being able to see yourself in a new way and go, I actually could be good at maths even though I was never good at maths in the past, for instance. I'm like, to me, and I've been trying to sort of find some things around this as well, uh, 
because because fluid identity and growth mindset are sort of talked about as different things in some ways, but they're also talked about in, in the same kind of way. And to me, I'm like, I kind of see it in the same way because a fluid identity is about understanding that your identity isn't fixed. A growth mindset is about understanding that your identity isn't fixed. So for me, even though like when you go kind of Google this stuff, it's kind of like the way that things are put together is a little bit confusing and I want to delve into that. Definitely don't have all the answers and I'm not an expert on this. I'm studying counseling. I'm learning about this stuff uh, all the time. So as usual, there's going to be more questions than answers on this show. Okay. Um, Oh, if you're a new listener and you've made it this far, welcome. Um, This is probably an okay episode to, to start on, like, especially if you're you know, kind of someone maybe recommended this show to you uh, or this particular episode. Um, If you're kind of interested in more stuff around the sexuality piece and um, sexual orientation and relationships and stuff, I've done a couple of other episodes about, you know, bisexuality. Um, I identify as bisexual person. Um, So you might want to listen to them as well uh, if that's why you're kind of here. But I'm not just going to be talking about – sexuality and sexual orientation in this episode okay so let's like just talk a little bit about let's let's I'm I'm literally pulling out my phone because like I my memory is like a sieve in I think the best way like I just I don't try to remember things that I can literally just google in like two seconds so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the the sort of definition about the difference between a fixed and growth mindset first right super useful if you're looking to take the next step in your career if you're an entrepreneur and you're wanting to grow your business or you're thinking about starting a business really really good to understand these sort of two different mindsets and you can literally google fixed versus growth mindset and you'll be able to read heaps about it but you're listening to a podcast maybe you like listening to information instead of reading it, which is totally valid. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it from what I'm reading. So actually what's really cool if you're someone who's also a visual learner is go to images. So go fixed versus growth mindset and go to images and there'll be a bunch of cool kind of infographics about it as well. So I'm just pulling up one of these and uh, I like this one because this one is about sort of like it takes the – it gives you a bit of perspective of like – Fixed versus growth mindset against these different um, ideas. So, for instance, ideas, uh, aspects of life, like belief. Okay. So, in terms of the beliefs that someone in it, and by the way, before we delve into this any further, you can actually be have a fixed mindset around some things and a growth mindset around other things, right? So, like I was saying before, how I kind of find for me, my journey in terms of my you know, I'm 31, but I'm still kind of figuring out stuff around my like sexual identity, gender identity, sexual orientation, all that kind of stuff, right? And when I do that, it actually helps me in other areas. But I would say that in the past, I probably had quite a fixed mindset about some of that stuff. And in other areas, like my ability to learn new things, I've had a growth mindset, right? So you, so it's not like, it's not an either or thing, right? You could have a growth mindset about some things and a fixed mindset about others and also it can change on a daily basis as well. So when you're in a fixed mindset, um, 
it's it, the, the beliefs are sort of like my skills, intelligence and ta- talents are natural, right? So you're just like, maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe you're born with it essentially would be the, <laughs> the belief. Failure is shameful and should be avoided. So you don't want to make mistakes in a fixed mindset. Um, some people are naturally good at things while others are not. And you are not in control of your abilities. So essentially, it's sort of like what you're born with is what you get. This is from the AOT blog, Accredited Online Training um, blog. I'll put a link to it uh, below. Now, beliefs in a growth mindset. Okay, so you have the capacity to learn and grow your skills, right? Failure is a valuable lesson. This is part of the reason I've used the term business scientist for a long time because it's like, being a scientist about failure, this is data, this is information, this is good. People who are good at something are good because they built that ability. And you are in control of your abilities, right? Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned, I think I mentioned this on the show last week where there was this experiment where they looked at, uh, you know, reinforcing uh, basically if you were good at something. So so if you performed at a task well, you were either told like these kids are basically they're put in two, two groups and one is told, okay, you did really well on this because you're smart. You must be like naturally gifted at this, right? You're smart. And the other group was told, you must have worked really hard to perform this well. And then they found when they gave them a more challenging task, the kids who were told that they were smart, that it was because of their natural ability were more likely to um, give up quicker. Because we were, that language kind of encourages a fixed mindset, right? Okay, effort. So in terms of this kind of links with that experiment as well, in a fixed mindset, effort is seen as like not necessary or useful. So effort is sort of like a negative thing because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to do something that I'm not good at. I'll, why bother? I'll just do something I am good at. Where in a growth mindset, it's more like this is important part of a process. And this is something I can really relate to with like being coming to the whole like driving game very late in life. So I um, was used to growing up, like being able to pick things up relatively quickly in a lot of areas. Right. And then it would be like, if I couldn't pick something up quickly, oh, I'm not good at that. I'm just not, that's just really, really very much in that fixed mindset kind of perspective. So when it came to driving, and I started driving for the first time, I sort of applied that mindset to the, the new skill I was trying to learn. And early on when I started driving, uh, I did some pretty major fuck-ups. Like I ran through a stop sign <laughs> and freaked my parents out. I think I did it twice. And um, oh, what else did I do? Like just, you know, those kind of mistakes that a lot of learners would make, um, That they were the most, the most dangerous was going through a stop sign. Um, but... Also, like, I was really freaked out that, like, I, I didn't have this natural talent and this natural ability to do this. And so it took me another, like, 10 years to actually get my provisional license. So I was, like, 17 or 16 or 17 when I um, got my learners. I ended up, my learners ended up expiring. And for people who are not in Australia or even New South Wales, this is where um, I was learning, um, 
basically your your learners take like I think three to five years to expire so it was a really long time I didn't want to get I didn't want to do anything about it I just sort of had in my wallet they expired then I had to go and do the test again I decided to wait until I was over 25 so I didn't have to do the logbook thing um so we have this thing where you have to like record you know 100 hours worth of driving or whatever when you're over 25 you don't need to So I waited till I was over 25, got my learners, and then I still took until I – I think I took another three years to get my provisional license. And now I'm 31 and in the lovely state of Queensland, I am eligible for an open license. So I literally have just gotten my full license now at the age of 31. So actually, if you think about that in terms of like what impact that has had on my life, it's huge because – Having the ability to drive around, especially like I haven't lived in big cities for the last five years, right? So access to public transport hasn't been that great. I think public transport is amazing and definitely is my preference for environmental reasons. But when you live in a a smaller town, like you kind of need a vehicle. I mean, in in a place like Townsville, um, you basically it's really hot for part of the year because I'm in the tropics so riding a bike is sort of like you you can't necessarily do that like I mean people do but uh that's it's yeah it's pretty full-on so it's just you become quite isolated you know from not being able to get your driver's license um definitely something that's useful to have and it was all around this sort of like fixed mindset so a question I want to ask you guys is like where are there where is there something in your life where you've gone like oh I had a fixed mindset about this and as a result I kind of wasn't able to you know it took me a lot longer or I haven't been able to yet do something that would actually make life a bit easier or allow me to live more of the life I want to live for instance it could be like Maybe you kind of think I'm not entrepreneurial. I would love to start my own business, but I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't have entrepreneur skills and like, you know, I just am not like those people out there who run businesses. Like I've heard that a lot from people. And the thing I would challenge you with is like, okay, well, like is that a fixed identity thing, right? Like are you just because you have been someone who's been employed by someone else, does that mean that you can't learn the skills to be an entrepreneur vice versa like right now for me I'm looking at going into like a a job job right um I'm really excited about the opportunity but I won't say anything yet (laughs) so I'm looking at potentially going into like a like being an employee again right and I kind of had told myself in the past like I'm just not cut out for that you know, I'm just not cut out for that kind of work. But I also know that I've worked in that before. So, you know, kind of, and this is where the identity piece comes into it. Like, is identifying as an entrepreneur not allowing me to take the next step towards self-actualization and actually reaching my full potential? Um, so, yeah, some questions to think about there. All right. So uh, what else do we have? What... Um, so we talked about effort. I put my phone down. I can't even remember what I was. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about beliefs and effort. Challenges. So someone with a fixed mindset is going to avoid challenges. They're going to back down like I did with my um, with getting my license. 
where someone in a growth mindset is going to embrace them. Oh, okay. Like I'm going to try something new. I'm going to embrace a challenge. And it's interesting because for me, in some aspects, I definitely have embraced challenges, but then I'm also seeing like how my anxiety has prevented me from doing things. So again, this is around the driving thing. Um, so this job that I've applied for requires me to have a driver's license because there would actually be driving involved. Right. And I'm like, that would have held me back from applying for a, for a job. Even if I'm like, that would be such a great job. That's exactly what I want to do. I would have been like, oh no, but like, I'd have to drive around. And so I would use that anxiety. Then be like, oh no, I just want freedom and flexibility. But actually it was just because I was afraid. And I think that can happen a lot in the like freelancing space and entrepreneurship space is kind of like, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I don't want to have to deal with going into the workplace and be anxious about that. So I'll work remotely from home, but maybe actually going into the workplace would be a good challenge, you know? Um, So again, I'm just speaking about myself. Um, So think about that. Like what areas of your life are you embracing challenges and what areas of your life are you avoiding them? Um, mistakes. So again, in the fixed mindset, we're going to avoid them. We get discouraged when making mistakes and avoid them because we think failure is bad, right? Um, where in a growth mindset, we're going to want to improve them. Okay. This is a learning opportunity. This is, that's what I was saying about the scientist thing, right? Um, feedback. So when someone gives you feedback in a fixed mindset, you're going to get defensive. You're going to take it personally. You're going to be like, or you're going to ignore it. So if something's like someone says something useful, but maybe it's a bit challenging, might be like, oh, no, 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 like fuck off. But in a growth mindset, it's like, this is constructive. I really appreciate you coming back to me and talking to me about this. I'm going to learn from this. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'll put a link to this infographic. I think it's awesome. There's heaps of them on there. If you're a visual learner, like definitely have a look at the the images. Um, probably should have said that while I was talking. Oh, I did. I did, right? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Google that while you <laughs> anything I say, Google as Google as we go. Um, okay, so now let's have a look at well, what's the difference between what what are we talking about when it comes to fluid identity? And you can make up your own mind about how you think this relates to um, the growth mindset. So this is from researchgate.net. It's just the first sort of thing that comes up and it's actually a, uh, it looks like, so this is from a book called Identity, Liberty and Responsibility. And then I guess it's the chapter is called Fluid Identity, Freedom and Responsibility. There's a PDF available. Uh, and it goes into quite a lot of, um, There's a lot of text here, but what I'm going to focus in on is the definition that's written up here. So the notion of fluid identity emerged in the social sciences as a way to characterize the phenomenon where one's identity is liable to change and is influenced by external factors. After all, it's common nowadays to see that one's identity, how one describes oneself as one actually is, depends on many factors such as where one is born, where one is working and living, with whom one is interacting and so on. Um, and then it goes on to talk about some of the author's own things. Let me read a little bit more about this. So this is like a uh, – let's go to uh, – this is on a blog called The Upcoming – .co.uk. This was from October 2020, so it's relatively recent. 
What is fluid identity? Identity explains who people are and why they behave in a certain way. So changing it can be challenging. It demands mental flexibility and identity shapes not only us, but also the overall logic of our business. Being unwavering has its benefits. However, a rigid identity causes problems if it's inflexible. Strong can often mean stubborn. Below has explained why it's important to occupy the middle ground. Taking a more fluid approach to life and business can help with finding solutions. I like how they're talking about business as well. Um, So they talk about sort of like a range of possible selves. Um, So this is the below explanations. Having a wide range of possible selves is vital on a personal level. Research has shown that during career transition, managers tap into many role models. Try to create a collage from the best seen in other people. Remember one offshoot of a brand might be building product X for customer, sorry, product X for customer X, but product Y for customer Y. Uh, then it talks about reading. It talks about checking your politics. It talks about your branding. This is something I've spent a lot of time. I'll, I'll talk talk about this and what it says here, um, but something I think about a lot. So it's not enough to just practice fluidity in personal life. Your business and brand needs to embrace it too. How many brands change their advertising to embrace Pride Month? Take risks and change with the times at home and at work. Just make sure that it's genuine. Oh, that's a really big point, and I did want to have a little bit of a rant around that. So one of the things that I find super triggering is when people are like pretending to be into stuff that they're not into. So like it's sort of like I guess it's, you know, when people like buy the, you know, it's like by the law, not the spirit kind of thing. So it's sort of like this, it's tokenism, right? Um and something that I get really worried about as well, because like I, I'm sure that I would um, sometimes be seen to be doing something tokenistic, right? For example, I know that some Indigenous people find that acknowledgements of country can be tokenistic, right? That's not how I mean it. And when I do an acknowledgement of country, I'm being genuine in that. But I could, I'm also aware of how that can be perceived, and I'm aware of some of the perspectives on that as well. Um, and in making the decision of whether or not to do it, it's sort of like those are the things that I went and researched and kind of weighed up. Um, with something like Pride Month, for instance, like for me, I, I identify as a member of the LGBTQIA community, right? Um, so for me, it seems like, yeah, I changed my logo to like the, the LGBT sort of flag. And I, you know, like pride colors (laughs) and I was like, yeah, this is sick. I was so excited to do that. I was just like, I might just keep it like that afterwards. It looks cool. Um, And it's very genuine. Uh, I have, I use the pride flag in my LinkedIn profile all the time anyway. Um, And I think that like, for me, it's just like a no brainer that of course it's genuine. Um, and then sometimes I see people who are like uh, allies of, you know, people who identify as gay, straight, lesbian, anywhere on that spectrum, um, transgender, and they might not necessarily use the right terms. Like they might not necessarily say the right things, but you're like, you're an ally, like you are genuinely making an effort and learning about this, right? Right. Um, sort of like I was talking about before, like I'm, 
I believe the right thing to do at the beginning of my podcast show is to have an acknowledgement of country, right? That's, I might be getting some stuff wrong. I might be saying some words wrong, but I genuinely think it's important. And then you have people who are like really, really like so that they're like, they're using all the right words. They're saying all the right things, but it kind of doesn't feel authentic. And for me, that's when there's like this, you know, okay, but do you really get what's behind this? Have you, do you actually understand what this is about? You know, so, which makes me think of something else I wanted to talk about um, today, which is around the LinkedIn profile um, pronoun preferences. So in March, the LinkedIn started rolling this out, right? So basically, you, if you're listening to this, you probably now have this because I know like Australia was a little bit late to the party. We just got this in May, um, in late May. But essentially what they did was, um, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, is uh, they made it so that there's now a field for you to select or customize what your preferred pronouns are, right? So like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because it's hard to tell from someone's profile how they would like to be, you know, what they would like to be called, like what words to use, right? Um, so that's awesome that LinkedIn has done that. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I think sometimes people don't know whether it's okay to use it. Um, they don't know how to talk about it. And I'm like, that's okay. Like I actually, for me, like I'm, I don't represent everyone, but I, I genuinely think that like this is a new thing for a lot of people. Like I'm learning about this stuff and I don't really like – like. I, I'm still figuring out what my identity is. So I'm like, I, I just think like this is for, for people who are raised in school now that like a lot of more kids are getting talked about this, uh, getting taught about this stuff. So the most recent stats I heard were like, it's like 30 to 40% of people in Generation Z, which is the one behind me, I'm a millennial, um, don't identify on the binary kind of like male-female thing, right? They kind of like identify somewhere else in the gender spectrum, right? And I'm like that's really interesting to me because I think that when I think about like how I was raised, it was just like, you're a boy or you're a girl or you're a girl that wants to be a boy or you're a boy that wants to be a girl, essentially. That was sort of it, right? So it's like four four categories. And um, and not really taught about things like – I only learned about the term cis like recently, you know, um, and that's because like I'm, I'm actively interested in it. So I think if there's people listening to this who are like, I don't get the pronoun thing, I don't understand what to do about it, I don't understand why it's important, it's like that's okay. You know, like I think the important thing is to be curious about it and understand that it can actually really make a difference for other people, right? I mean, like I said, I'm still learning about it too. Um, for me, like I went with the pronoun, my preferred pronouns are like she, her or they, them is also fine. So I don't. I mean, if someone says she, I'm like, that's cool. If someone says they, I'm like, that's cool. If someone says he, I'm like, fuck off. 
Like, I don't want you, I don't want you. I've been called sir before, like, and I'm like, I don't want you to call me sir. <laughs> that feels weird, right? Um, I'm not, I'm not going to get offended if someone says she. Like, that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, but for some people who, are, you know, identify as non-binary, they, them might be the only sort of terms that they're comfortable with. So for them, the way I feel about he, him might be how they feel about she, her and he, him, right? So it's kind of like you do want to get that right because it's just like for however you identify, right, you wouldn't want to get those terms wrong. So if you're someone who's like she, her or he, him and you're like, I wouldn't want to be called she, her, I, you know, I wouldn't want people to say her, I'm a him. Um, it's the same kind of thing. I think also like I had a little mini rant last week on my podcast show about um, how I get really frustrated when uh, in quotes now into 2021 and in the way people talk in 2021, they can still use terms that are very like uh, sort of like male dominated, right? Male dominated, not masculine dominated not feminine dominated, not female dominated, like male dominated terms, right? And that pisses me off because it's really not inclusive language and it does affect how we see things. So, and actually there was this research done on Google, right? So Google, like, I think it's via Google. Uh, I don't know heaps about it, but I'm sure you can look it up. But essentially what happened was it was like this um, – artificial intelligence was trying to learn about like language through Google searches and through what's on the internet. Right. And it was like the, one of the things they do to like test what the artificial intelligence has learned is they use like analogies. So an example would be like a man can be an astronaut and then it would be like a woman can be and then Google would have this, this AI, sorry, would have to fill that term in what a man can be an astronaut, a woman can be, and the artificial intelligence would say wife, a man can be a doctor, a woman can be wife, you know, that kind of thing. And what it shows is that in our language and the way that we're talking and what this artificial intelligence can learn from the internet is that the potential that men can reach and the potential women can reach are different things. This idea that men can do whatever the fuck they want and women can be wives, right? It's it's pretty fucking disgusting that that's happening now and that's what a bot can learn by processing all the information on the internet, <laughs> right? So I think like when we change – the thing is our brain, our brain is like this supercomputer. It's also an information processing machine. So we're doing the same thing. Our brain is subconsciously taking in all of these messages, all of these messages around us and figuring out who we can be, what we can become based on the language that we use, the way we talk about things, the stories that we tell. So for me, what's really exciting about re taking a closer look at the vocabulary we use, the, the inclusive language we use and shifting the goalposts to say, let's use more inclusive language. Instead of saying mankind, let's say humankind. Instead of saying police man, why don't we just say police person or police, 
Why is it police men? Why is it post men? The, 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 the term needs to reflect the fact that it's not only men that can do all of these jobs. As actually like I had this sort of rant on LinkedIn about like I had seen so this agency had posted about the work they had done. I might have talked about this on the show before. This was a while back. So there's this um, company in Australia called Men at Work, right? And <laughs> this sounds like a joke, but it's not. Men at Work wanted to promote hiring of women. They were like, we're not getting enough women. Fancy that. Uh, we need to have more women in the workplace. Okay, awesome, right? Cool. That's great that you guys want to encourage to have more encourage more women to come into your business how about fucking changing your name so this agency anyway they were like oh rebranding was not on the table right so I'm like okay well why why not I'm not saying it's the agency's fault but anyway the agency kind of like they promoted this campaign that they had done showing like oh look at this awesome campaign we did it for men at work to um, get more women to apply and we got all these women to apply. And I'm like, okay, firstly, so they were talking about this through the, the they had done like a Facebook ad. Um, they showed the video they put together. The video they put together was cool, but I kept, was, I kept seeing, all I kept seeing was like, so you got all these women talking about working with men at work and like under their title, like you've got this card that says like men at work. And I'm like, it looks like a parody video to me. I'm like, it looks like a joke because you're literally not including women in the name of your business. That is fucked up. You could have just changed it, but they didn't want to. And that goes back to the thing around like before when it, when it was talking about like identity and fluidity, I think they, their brand should have been more fluid. Like if they authentically meant that they wanted to have representation of women in their workforce – then they should have thought about the language that they were using more. Because for me, I'm like, that would be an embarrassment to be associated with a brand like that. Like I wouldn't want to have anything to do with them because to me it looks like they're they're out of the 1950s. You know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Like get with the fucking times, <laughs> right? Having said that, if that's ingenuine for them, okay, cool. But if that's ingenuine, then don't hire women. If you actually are fucking misogynist, then don't act like you aren't. Like you, you have to pick a, you have to pick a line there. Anyway, that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. So I'm talking about lots of different things, and like I said, that's that's where we we're going to go with this this podcast. I want to talk a little bit more about vocabulary and language versus labels, and then we're going to talk about this sort of thing around like the binary, and I'm going to talk about my personal feelings around this and where I'm at with this whole thing around identity and fluidity and all of that kind of stuff. I just thought I'd let you know in case you're over the ranting, there probably will be more ranting. So, okay. I've talked to a lot of friends about and and people who are close to me about, you know, this problem with labels. Um, so this idea of like kind of putting yourself in a box, right? Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. 
We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to label myself because I don't want to put myself in a box. There's actually a lot of people who are bisexual who wouldn't label themselves as anything, right? They would just kind of go, "Look, I I like I, you know, I date whoever I want to date, but I don't want to call myself anything." You know, um, there's people who a label is really important to them, right? And that can, um, that can be because of lots of different reasons. I think that probably what I should say there is instead of saying that the label's important to them, it's probably saying the language is important to them. And this is kind of what I'm thinking about a lot at the moment. So I'm thinking about like when I was a kid, right, I remember like often I wouldn't know, this is like way back, like I wouldn't know how to identify people based on how they looked. So for instance, if I like saw someone who identified as a man with long hair, I would be like, as a little kid, I'd be like, oh, like, is he like, is he like a boy girl? Like, because he has long hair, right? So for me as a kid, just like absorbing things around me, I thought long hair was like a girl thing. I thought only girls had long hair, right? And, you know, or if I saw a woman with short hair, I'd be like, oh, is that like a, like a woman man? Like, or like, I just didn't understand like this, this, I didn't actually understand the binary, right? Like of houses, it was like I hadn't been like polluted with all of our social norms enough. I mean, I had in some way because I thought long hair and short hair like was part of, you know, what defined a person's gender. But I also had these issues around like I it found I found it really hard to box, box things right. And I actually think that's a really beautiful thing. I actually I'm like, so one of the things that I'm excited about is I'm thinking okay, if we change our vocabulary and we change our language and we're not so fixated on like gender norms and gender stereotypes in our language, what's that going to mean for like the next generation of kids? Like maybe some of the things that I stressed about when I was a kid won't be so like stressful, you know, maybe, I hope. So like one thing I I remember I went to my mum when I was like, I think I was pretty young. I've told this story a few times. I was pretty young and maybe like seven, maybe six, something like that. And I got up in the middle of the night. I was like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, mom, I just hate that like girls have to do some things and like boys have to do other things. And like, I don't want to be a girl that has to do this. And I want to be able to do these things. And only boys do that. And I was like really upset. Like I was like in hysterics about this. Um, 
And my mum sort of talked about how like she was like a tomboy when she was little and like, you know, she did her best to kind of be like, you don't have to, um, you don't have to like do only do these things because you're a girl, you know, and that kind of stuff. But I look back on it and I think part of that anxiety and part of that stress was probably just because like, like where did I even get that from? Like it wasn't my mum who had said that. That was like all this other toxic shit I'd been absorbing from everything around me. You know, like I, it was like, I suddenly realized that like my life had limits based on my sex and based on which I just, you know, sex and gender were the same thing for me when I was a kid. Like I didn't, I didn't understand all of that stuff. You know, um, I just think that like the, 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 one of the things that's talked about a lot, uh, is like, and I've talked about this before, like salience, right? So what stands out to us when we when we meet someone? And one of the first things is like gender, like are you male, are you female? Another one is ethnicity and particularly skin colour is something that's very salient to us. And it's like how our brain, our brain is like wired to distinguish between certain things, right? But I also wonder about like our brain is neuroplastic, our brain changes and language helps us to change the way that we see things for instance like I know that um where is it it's like uh I think like Inuit tribes have like 40 different um words for snow I don't know I don't want to perpetuate a myth if that's not true but this idea of having like different words for different um for for things that maybe we would only have one word. I mean, in the sciences, it's the same thing. Like in our our normal layman's terms, layman also being, by the way, a, a <laughs> lay people, lay person, right? Um, see, I do it too. <laughs> I am a product of my time. Um, you might have like tree, grass, you know, like that's what we kind of say, like you would know what I'm talking about, but I might not say something like spin effects, right? Or I might not say something like, I don't know, eucalypse or something like that. Like, um, and then you could have like the actual uh, Latin, you know, term for a particular type of species of plant. There there are words for it, but it's it's kind of like we don't use it in some settings because we don't need to be that specific but in other settings it's like super super important so like in medicine and in science I mean being able to identify a particular type of plant could mean that you could save someone's life right because it's like oh they were poisoned by this particular plant and then we need to get the antidote for this particular type of plant right same with like snakes being able to identify which species of snake could be the difference between someone getting the antidote they needed and someone and and not mind you i have heard that there are ways to give antivenom to people who can't identify the snake but this is not a medical podcast (laughs) so i won't go into that but we have we have more of a vocabulary but it's just that we don't use it all the time because it's like when is it useful to use it right and i think that like what we're talking about here by sort of getting away from this binary is we're starting to recognize that like these are very crude ways of categorizing people and describing the human condition. These are very like, these are words that we made up to describe people essentially based on their sex, right? And then we've associated all these different behaviors with 
certain genders. So, oh, okay, you know, this is a, if you're a man, you're going to want to do these things and you need to behave in these ways. And they're all social norms. They're just social constructs. Those things are like they, they were different 200 years ago. I mean, this is where like learning about history is so powerful because it's like, oh, yeah, the way what was seen as like manly, what was seen as womanly was different 200 years ago to what it is now. But the other thing I think is interesting is like there is also this idea of masculine and feminine energy, right? And I remember ages ago I interviewed an awesome woman, Amanda Bleasing, when I first kind of started my podcast, uh, The Oyster, uh, not this podcast. And you can still listen to it if you want to go listen to it. And we were talking about like women in the workplace and uh, gender equality and things like that in the workplace. And one point that Amanda made was to like really distinguish a difference between like masculine and feminine versus male, female, right? Because uh, you could have XY chromosome, right? You could be a female in terms of having an XY chromosome and you could have a very masculine energy, right? Um, And you could also uh, be the opposite. You could also be someone who's like, I have a lot of both. I very much sit in the middle. And who gives a fuck about whether I have an XY or an XX chromosome anyway? Oh, I said XY, but I meant XX. Wait, did I? Yeah. Anyway, XY, male, XX, female. And actually, there are also other types of sexes. You can have, you can be XXX and you can be XXY, right? I think they're the two like from a, from the, the genetic side of things, it's not just XX and XY either, right? But sex and gender and masculinity and femininity, these are all different things. And masculinity and femininity are also um, things that are, uh, you know, like we just chose to use those words. We could use different words. We could use like, Uh, I know like Jordan Peterson talks about like chaos and uh, order, right? Uh, You know, in terms of the yin-yang thing, it's interesting. I think it's very interesting for me to bring up Jordan Peterson on a podcast where I'm talking about this stuff because I imagine there will be people listening to this that hate his guts and there's probably people that listen to this that also don't mind JP either. Um, I know he has done some things that uh, were very seen as very insensitive in uh, Canada in relation to transgender rights and around this thing around language. Uh, at the same time, I really enjoyed the point that he made about order versus chaos. And I like the idea as well of moving away from the term masculine and feminine because I think in some ways that is confusing because it sounds like female, fe- feminine sounds like female. And masculine sounds like male. So maybe those terms aren't so useful, right? Um, But we know culturally we know what that means. And also there's there's like hormonal things that happen as well, right? So like I know I am someone who has quite high testosterone or they're actually called androgens. Like that's actually part of like my physical makeup is I have high – androgens right and so that energy partly comes from that as well right and there's other people who have other hormones that would also affect the kind of energy 
And you might also have, like for me, I have times where I feel like really, uh, let's use the word masculine, I feel very masculine, right? And I feel that kind of energy and I feel that kind of power and I enjoy that feeling. And there's other times where I'm feeling really feminine and I really enjoy that feeling as well. Um, But I don't really identify, it's not like important to me that people recognize me as a woman. It's more important to me that people recognize me as a person. Um, so I think the thing is, the thing I'm saying with all of this stuff is it's like, well, it goes back to this thing around fluidity and, and the growth mindset as well, right? Because it's like, why is it that because we were taught to think about this a certain way when we were kids, that that means that this is how we reach our full potential. One of the things that really gets under my skin and probably I find the most upsetting and probably this is where like because I said I was going to talk about some, you know, more heavier issues. I'm going to talk about some of my story in relation to where I've gotten to with this stuff. Um, So when I was younger, uh, when I was 19, I fell pregnant and that was to me like puberty was pretty bad (laughs) but pregnancy was worse and for me it was like I um wanted to die like I I did not I I was like I this is not who I am and I just wanted to get out of my body I like it was really scary for me um it's the closest I've ever come to committing suicide and uh I had a lot of it took me a long time afterwards to kind of deal with that And one thing that I had thought, so I've never wanted to have kids and I've talked about this on the show before as well. I never wanted to have kids um, since I've been like an adult. So like when I was in my teens as like an abstract concept, I was like, oh yeah, I can imagine having kids, right? But um, when I had this experience, I was like, I never, ever, ever want to be pregnant again. This was, this was absolutely horrible. And what I had attributed that to until really recently was I was like, oh, it was the whole abortion thing. You know, that was, that was traumatic. That was a traumatic thing to go through. Um, but now when I think about it, I actually think it wasn't just that. What I've realized is I'm, I don't identify as someone who in reaching my full potential would be a mother. Like the idea of being a mother, even saying that makes me feel nauseous. And that experience of going through all these hormonal changes in my body made me feel like I wasn't me anymore. I felt like I was being pulled in a direction that was completely opposite to the direction that I I needed to go in to be my true self, to be an authentic me person. And I think part of that is because I don't identify that strongly with being a woman. Like it's not that I, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to justify that I should be or I shouldn't be or I'm like, I don't see myself as someone who's like in the middle of like male, female. Like I don't, I don't see myself as gender neutral essentially. I'm like, I don't mind that I have breasts. It doesn't really bother me that like I have, you know, 
that I, that I look like a woman, you know, um, sometimes I like playing with that. Like I like the idea of making myself look more gender neutral, but I would say I'm more just someone who like, I would love to not have female reproductive organs. Like I don't, I don't want that in my body. Like that feels like something that I would really like to not have. But at the same time, I know that doing that to my body would not allow me to be healthy. So, um, you know, the cutting out my uterus and stuff is just like, I'm like, I don't feel like I have to do that. I just feel like it would be nice if they weren't there. I don't want the potential to have kids. And one thing that really, so going back to what I was saying about what triggers me is that is assumed about me. So I walk around and people assume that I am straight and that I'm a woman and that I want to have kids and that I will change. The amount of times I've heard people say to me like, oh, you'll change your mind. You actually, you will, you'll, you'll change. You, when, you, when you get a bit older, you'll change your mind. And I was like, maybe I will, but like, I don't think so. And you don't know anything about me. And why is it any of your fucking business? Um, and I, but I actually do get a bit like, it's, it's kind of not nice. Like it's, it's sort of like, there are all these like little mini, uh, like aggressions, you know, like these sort of things where I'm like, hang on, this is my body. I can do what the fuck I want with it. And like, I like, it literally makes me feel sick. Like there's so many other things I want to do in my life. Why am I, is it assumed that me reaching my potential as a human has anything to do with whether or not I push a kid out of my vagina or not? Like seriously, like why is that? Why has that got anything to do with me being a successful person? And it's actually kind of what bugs me sometimes about like, I think I've talked about this before, but like a lot of women in business groups are actually like mothers in business groups. And they talk to me like it's assumed that the world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with queen mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Oh, you want to run a business and you want to have kids? I'm like, no, no, I don't. Like, the thing is for me is I'm like, if I was going to be a parent, I would be the dad. I would be the, like, support person who'd be like, cool, I'm going to, like, take the kids to go and, like, run around. I'm going to, like, teach them stuff. I'm going to, like do activities with them and not saying that mums can't do that, right? I just mean I wouldn't be the per- I wouldn't be the childbearer. I wouldn't be like breastfeeding. Like none of those things fit with like how I see myself. And I feel like it's it's sort of like that's not understood by society. And so when it came to this LinkedIn profile thing of saying how do I identify? I'm like, well, 
she is good, she is fine, but like they is good too. And in some ways they fits me better, especially when it comes to this stuff because our society isn't grown up enough to understand that like women can exist and reach their full potential and be perfectly happy without playing that mother role. And women can be happy playing a more, you know, quote unquote father role, right? Like that's not, that's just not really seen by big parts of our society. And I'm like, I think that would actually make me pretty happy. I think like playing that support parent role and being the person who's like, cool, like I'm, I'm here, but like, I'm not going to physically have these children and I'm not physically going to be their mom. Like, I'm like that. I think that's a Like, isn't that, isn't that cool that there's like women or people who identify as gender fluid, who would like to play a different role as a parent? Like, isn't that, isn't that, why can't that be celebrated, you know? And I think it is starting to be, but I also think it's like it's really suppressed. Like when it comes to the kids stuff, I feel like a lot of this stuff is just not spoken about. And that's what I try to do with these kinds of shows where I rant for an hour about a bunch of random things and just talk about stuff that I'm like, this doesn't get talked about a lot, you know. Um, for, for me, I'm like, yeah, like, Part of me is like it would be really cool to like be able to sleep with a woman and like be a man. I'm like that would be cool. Like I would like that. But I'm like I don't I, at, for where I am right now, I'm like the big thing for me is I just I don't want people to put their assumptions on who I am based on how I present, you know. I don't want people to like put their assumptions on me because it makes them feel more comfortable if I want to have kids, you know, like sometimes I'm like, it gets too exhausting to like say that I don't want to have kids. So like, and explain, like I I don't usually explain all of that stuff, right? Because it's like, it's not really anyone's business. I'm saying this on this podcast because I think it could help some people who might feel similar, but I'm like, I, like in a general chit chat sense, like do I really need to dredge up all of that stuff for someone to actually just respect what I'm saying? Like, because the thing is, is a lot of people don't respect what I say. When I say I don't want to have kids, it's like they put themselves in my shoe, in my shoes. Yeah, no, they don't. They put themselves in my, they go, but I want to have kids. So why wouldn't you want to have kids? I'm like, yeah, like kids are cool. Like kids, kids are cool. Like I think, there's some really amazing things that parents would get out of of having kids. Don't want to be the mum though. I don't I don't want to I don't want to have kids. That that is like I'm like I I actually think I wouldn't survive the pregnancy. I don't I don't think my mental health would be good at all. Like I think it would be really really bad. But I'm also grateful that I'm in a position where I'm like saying all of this stuff I'm like I am actually really like comfortable in my own skin as well. You know, it's just like as long as that's taken completely off the table and I want that to be a respected position, you know. Um, I don't want people to feel sorry for me because I'm making my own choices with my body, you know. Like I don't think that's sad at all. I think that's like really exciting. I think people can live in lots of different ways. Um, Yeah, 
So that's the gender stuff. And then the other thing I was going to say is like, because I've talked about polyamory before and I've talked about bisexuality before, but like these things are kind of fluid concepts too, right? And they also exist on a spectrum. So like there's people who identify as bisexual who like are very much on like, they might be like, I'm 80%, you know, gay, uh, but I'm 20% sort of like 20% of the time I'm attracted to the opposite sex, 80% of the time I'm attracted to the same sex, right? Um, there's people who like being bisexual doesn't mean you have to be 50-50 split. It can, And you, you can still call yourself that if you would like to and if you don't want to, that's okay too. Or if you want to call yourself pansexual and that fits better. Like this is the thing with like labels versus language. I'm like for me – what these new words allow me to do is just understand more about who I want to be in the world and how I can exist in the world. It gives me more words to play with to describe what human existence is like for me. And I think that's amazing. I think that's really exciting. Um, polyamory is the same thing. So like on one side of like polyamory, you could have very like um, sort of like I guess – relationships where and maybe there's a word for this but like essentially it's like there's no primary relationship it's sort of like uh, it's more free-flowing than that so um you don't kind of have a hierarchy I guess um you also so it's not like you have like a couple and then like everyone else around that couple you know um it can be sort of more like horizontal horizontal yeah in terms of hierarchy so it's just like you know, whoever's in that kind of, I think they call it like a cure, like whoever's in that is kind of like in the relationship with everyone else. And there's, that's one way that that could work. And that's one way that people sort of exist in terms of like polyamory. And then you also have people who are kind of more like me, who are kind of like, okay, I just don't think that like, it's just like monogamy just doesn't, actually make sense for me like I don't really understand it I don't understand like when I look at it and when I look at I'm like I break down the social conditioning stuff around it and this idea of like the you know the story we tell ourselves about like this sort of romantic ideal of like husband and wife essentially usually it's a it's a heteronormative you know straight monogamous relationship I'm like there that's just that to me I'm like that's a social construct and one that I don't identify with it doesn't mean that people who identify with it are wrong it's just like that works for probably for a lot of people that's why it exists right but I'm like for me that doesn't work and now in today's society it's okay to start questioning that it's okay to start challenging that and go hang on a second like What's going to work for me and how I exist in the world and what's going to mean that I can take care of my mental health? What's going to make make sure that I am someone who feels like I'm not hiding part of who I am? Um, so where I kind of exist on that spectrum is more like, yeah, look, I like, I like, I love my, my husband. I love um, cohabitating. I love having that sort of like, deep intimate relationship with my husband but for me I'm not sitting there going that's the only relationship I ever want to have and it doesn't mean that and it also doesn't mean that I 
want to end this relationship. So I'm not a serial monogamous. I'm not like, okay, like I'll stop this relationship and then start a new one. And serial monogamy is kind of a version of polyamory essentially because it's still like you love more than one person. Like you have an ex that you still love but you're just not currently sleeping with them, right? But you had an intimate relationship with them and then you're having an intimate relationship with someone else now. Um. What I think is really cool about all of this stuff is that we're breaking down these norms and stereotypes and these stories that just don't necessarily serve a lot of people out there. And I wanted to sit here and talk about that because I'm like, again, to me, this goes back to that fixed versus growth mindset and this idea of fluid identity. Maybe at one point in your life, you identified one way and maybe at one point of your life that was authentically you. But as you grow and as you change, it may not be anymore. You know, like for me, I have had parts of my life where I've kind of been like, I'm heterosexual. And then as I learned more about myself, I was like, that doesn't fit for me anymore. And that's okay. It's okay to change, right? And it's okay to be challenged by these things, you know, The idea of not being able to bring something up in a relationship, the idea about not being able to bring something up to myself. Like I've had times where I've been scared to write in my journal because I felt like it would be too challenging to my identity. And I'm like, then I, so then I'm in like this state of self-denial, right? Um, I think like the final point I kind of want to end on with this is around action versus actualization. So I think that just because we're not acting on something right now doesn't mean that we can't ever act on it. So for instance, if we're kind of like, like I did this exercise the other day where I wrote down in my journal, like who I wanted to be three years from now, right? Just as like an exercise, it could change. It's not necessarily right. I was like, I'm going to describe myself as like, oh, two years from now. So I'm going to describe myself as like, I'm now 33, what, what would I say about my life, right? And it kind of helped me to set some goals and think about things and go, is that really what I want? I don't know if that's really what I want. Okay, that's interesting. And I, um, as I was doing that, I was like, this is sort of like me thinking about who that person is that I want to become. And by the way, if you want to learn more about self-actualization, I did do an episode on this and Maslow's Hierarchy of needs um, recently. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, But that when I did that exercise, I also realized I was like, well, I'm not going to act on everything right now because right now might not be the right time. And this is something that's like been quite hard for me because I'm someone who can be quite spontaneous and I can just kind of be like, oh yeah, let's do this. That sounds cool. All right, go. You know, I can also be someone who's a bit all or nothing, but fluid identity, things change. And I'm like, I I am becoming more patient and I am starting to realize that like not acting on things sometimes can be good, but it doesn't mean I'll never act on them. So just because it's like, I'm not behaving a certain way right now, I'm not taking action on something right now. doesn't mean I never will. That's how we do things like learn a new degree. Like I said, I'm studying counseling. I'm not a counselor, I'm taking actions that will allow me to be a counsellor, but I'm not practising as a counsellor yet because I'm not there yet, right? But that part of my identity is something that I'm looking forward to having and I'm working towards, right? 
Um, the same with like if you're at in a, if this, I'm guessing if you're at this end of the show, some of this stuff has been resonating with you. So, for instance, when it comes to like gender or sexuality or like whether you identify more towards the polyamory sort of side of things, right? It doesn't mean that like you can't. It's not like you can't say. I'm polyamorous unless you're currently polyamorous, right? It might just be sort of going like, okay, yeah, I am polyamorous, but right now I'm in one relationship and I'm open to having other relationships or I'm working towards being able to be polyamorous with my current partner, right? Like that language might be really useful for you to actually start maybe getting help with that, like seeing a couples counselor or something like that, right? Um, that's something that, that I'm doing. I'm seeing a couple's counselor with my husband. Um, sexuality, sexual orientation, same thing, right? You might be like, I'm currently with someone of the opposite sex, but I could, I have the capacity to be attracted to lots of other people. And what, you know, this is Robin Orr's definition, which I read out a few weeks ago. Um, I have the capacity to be attracted to, people of lots of different genders um, at different points in time in my life. And so the bisexual label really fits me quite well, right? Or the pansexual lab- label fits me quite well because that that's part of who I am. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm acting on it right now. Like maybe monogamy is something that works for you and that's something that you want and you're like, well, I'm in a in a committed relationship with someone and we don't go outside of our relationship, so... I'm monogamous, but I'm still bi. Um, these things are like the 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 action and the self-actualization are different things. And the most important thing is, I believe, is for our for us in ourselves to know ourselves. Before anyone else can know us, we have to know ourselves, right? And so investing that time and thinking about what language works for me and how can I learn more about this language and how does that apply to like what I want to achieve, what I want to do in my life? I just think it's so exciting. I think there's so many doors opening up now and I'm so excited that the next generation of youth are going to, more of the next generation of youth anyway, are going to get an opportunity to explore these things at a younger age. You know, the idea of assuming that a child is straight and then an, a child identifies with the gender that they've been assigned is not is sort of becoming something now that's like, oh, really? Like, really, you're doing that? Like, we're moving past that. We're progressing past that. We're realizing that that's really, I mean, if I wasn't assumed straight, I think it would have really helped me. But my parents didn't have those tools. They didn't know that kind of stuff. Like, it just wasn't really talked about that much at the time you know I'm like if I had kids again as as the dad in the situation (laughs) I would be like okay like uh, this is a person this is this little person that I'm raising and I'm so excited that like I get to raise this person and experience this sort of help them experience this life but I don't want to put them into boxes because that box might not be the box they want to be in, you know. Um, yeah, I know I'm making comments about parenting. I'm not a parent, so, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. But anyway, 
that's enough of me ranting. I hope that's been helpful. I know that got a little bit heavy at, at one point, but I think, I don't know, it's good for me to talk about this stuff. I've, I've kind of been a bit hesitant to, to talk about things like that because I know people have pretty strong views about some of that stuff. But, um, yeah, I like, I'm like, well, it's, it's a, this is another one of those podcasts that I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish that I got to listen to a podcast like this. So hopefully this helps. If this helps one person, I'll be happy with it. And if this has been helpful to you, please let me know. Um, let me know if you want me to do more stuff like this because this is kind of one of my episodes where I'm like, oh, let's just see what happens. Um, next week I'm going to be taking a break. I'm going up to Sydney for a week and a half. So excited about that. Going to see my family and some friends. So I've just decided to take the week off so I'll be back the following Monday um and until next time remember that stepping into your power will make the world a better place cheers guys